Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode here of Pastor Chats. (laughs) (laughs) What a name. (laughs) Pastor Chats. We don't have a name yet for this, you know. Uh, If you've been tuning in the last few weeks, you've recognized that uh, we traditionally post our sermons on our podcast, but we've expanded into having some conversations uh, between Jonathan and I, uh, the pastors here at Prince of Peace, about our Advent conspiracy. And this last week was the final week in that focus and our theme for the week was to, excuse me, love all. So we went through the four weeks of Advent focused around worshiping fully, spending less, giving more. And then this last week, the message you preached was that we're called as Christians to love all. Yeah, it's uh, been a great series and been a lot of fun to do. And one of the things that's been so fun while we've been having these pastor chats, we bet we better trademark that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead pastor and get that, get that copyrighted. Um, in our pastor chats, one of the things we've been having fun with is doing some quizzes. So I thought maybe we would do that again today. And and uh, it's a really simple one, actually. Uh, since the theme this week is love all, I thought maybe, Lauren, you could just share who it is that is hardest to love here at Prince of Peace. Just a simple question. <laughs> Un- unequivocally, Marty Kelly. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm totally... Marty, I hope you're listening. I'm going to send this to you, Marty. And if you know Marty, the relationship Marty Kelly and I have, Marty is a longtime member at Prince of Peace, beloved member. You know that... We tease each other to no end. So I actually adore Marty Kelly. Um, that was that was a slight setup, Marty. Sorry, and just, that I, is had to do it. That is not a fair question to ask. <laughs> Can um, you imagine though? I mean, it's like I, I in the children's sermon this week. I asked the kids, or I told them, you know, I only had so much love, and I could only love the people right. that are right there in the room. And these kids were looking at me like, "Wait, is is he really serious?" Is he serious? <laughs> they uh, they got kind of thrown off by that, but. Uh, it's one of the beautiful things about this gift of love that we're celebrating, that uh, we have this capacity to love all. And I always loved what one of my uh, theology professors in seminary would say, because, um, you know, have you ever had your kids ever ask you, like, which one of you do you love the most? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, and it gets worse. As they get older, you know, our our kids will go back and around, yeah. back and forth with that. and. If they're listening, I'll let them uh, chime in now. Which one they think it is, because they uh, they like to think about which one that might be. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to say. Although, of course, there is one, um, but there's not because when we uh, love our kids, and what my theology professor would say was that we love them as fully as we can love each one. So I give all of my fatherly love to my son, to my son. And I give all of my fatherly love for my youngest daughter to my youngest daughter. And um, it's this capacity. There's this Don't leave out your oldest daughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I just gave it away. <laughs> Margaret, we love you. Um, but that sense in which, you know, there's some kind of a cap on love right. defies the 
understanding we have of love, and that's the understanding we get through Jesus, who who we say is love, um, right. that love incarnate. Well, it's yeah, it's a similar expression or sentiment when, you know, when we had Brianna, our oldest daughter, born, and then we were pregnant. Becca was pregnant. Um, I wasn't pregnant. She was pregnant. <laughs> but um, we were expecting a child. Um, and before Noah came, you know, lots of people would tell us, well, don't worry, your love only multiplies. It doesn't divide. It, it, it just multiplies. And, and I do think that's true. But, but I do also think that there's a tension to where people do feel like they only have so much to give. Because we're, we often live our lives in this um, hurried pace where we're running from one thing to the next and we're, we're just kind of spent. Mm-hmm. And it leaves us a little flat. And, and we're not often able to be patient or kind or loving to other people, you know, because we can't even love ourselves because we're just so wrapped up in this busied world. Um, so how do we how do we reset ourselves so that we, we do feel we can live into that truth, which you've you've stated yeah. is that love does multiply. Love is endless. There isn't a finite amount of it. There's an infinite amount of it. But so often we don't feel like we can, we don't often even love our own families that well. There's a great song you guys sing in Haiti. I, I've never been there, so maybe you could sing it for us, Lauren. Oh, yeah. Love Grows. You've never, oh, you've yeah, never I've, been to Haiti? I've not, I've not been to the uh, camp where uh, you guys oh, sing yeah. that song. Yeah. You ready for this? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Only for our podcast listeners. Me, 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 me. I can't believe I'm going to do this. <laughs> it goes... Love grows one by one, two by two, four by four. Love grows around in a circle and it comes back on your front door. Yay! Love grows one by one, two by two. Yeah. Four by four. Love grows around in a circle and it comes back knocking on your front door. Yeah, it's a beautiful image for, for what we understand about love and that exponential nature of it. And I think one of the things, and it's part of what I talked about even this week in my sermon about the relational connection that we have to to Haiti. And we talk about, you know, how do we feel like, you know, when you look at the world and all of the challenges that are out there to say we're supposed to love everybody, that just feels like so much. Um, But we do it one by one in relationship. And we find this capacity to love more and more people growing because we have more and more relationships because we love that many more people all at once and you can't help it then right um yeah you you have to react you have to act because you love somebody and uh that makes such a huge difference and i you know it's that difference between the theoretical love and the relational love that i think is again part of what we're pointing to in this season the relational love of this child born in a, in a manger, not just some God that we mm. have some nebulous relationship up in the cosmos, but this God that comes to us in a human relational form and loves his disciples, loves us in that very human way that invites us into loving relationships with others. Well, and I think, you know, we actually see real fruit of that in a really practical way. And we've experienced that here at Prince of Peace. Um Prince of Peace has always been a very generous congregation. You talk to members who have been here 30 plus years and a a common theme and thread that has woven this community together is a spirit of generosity. 
This, this congregation has always supported um, things locally, things globally, but it was a little over six years ago, I think it was in the year 2015, when some leaders from the congregation sat down together as a part of the 2020 vision process. And we, we wanted to set a five-year vision to take us to the year 2020. And, and a part of that vision was to prioritize what you've mentioned, relational ministry, relational mission, that <coughs> we wanted to support local organizations, global organizations, uh, not just with our, with our dollars, but with our own relationships. We wanted to be deeply connected to the organizations and the people <laughs> that, that we served. And the fruit of, of living into that has actually been remarkable. And it's evidence that love really does grow when you actually know the people you're serving. And I don't have the specific data in front of me, but in just a few years, I remember looking back at data, even through our congregation, one local congregation, prior to that um, intentional effort of doing relational ministry, um, the data before that <laughs> compared to after that, we had jumped in a year, in one or two years, uh, our mission support dollars we sent out the door to partner organizations grew by 74%. Mm -hmm. I think it was between the years 2000, um, 2015 to 2017 had, had just jumped by leaps and bounds. The, the generosity that flew, uh, you know, was flowing out of this congregation and continues to, to this day, I really attribute to that relational um, intention to get connected to our partners in Haiti, certainly, right. but also to local partners mm -hmm. like, you know, the Nest Program and the Loveland Food Pantry, which we've historically partnered with, Takoon Farm, right. um, Vale, you know, um, lots of local organizations. And I actually brought some data which I think is just encouraging to celebrate. This is just calendar year data through the end of November. So this doesn't even include December's numbers. Mm -hmm. But <coughs> I want to ask you, how much do you think, uh -huh. uh, another little quiz here, how much do you think the people of Prince of Peace, um, our congregation, how much money has gone out um, in 2021 just through November to local and global partners. So of the dollars that come in when people support mm -hmm. Prince of Peace, a portion of that goes out to bless other organizations, to love all. Yeah. What's your guess? It's got to be somewhere around $100,000. A little north. Yeah. $127,000. That's amazing. Oh, uh, actually, one hundred twenty-seven nine. So basically, one hundred twenty-eight. That'll that's probably not, that's even before December. That's before wow. December. So that that's before all of our Advent mission projects that mm -hmm. folks have uh, generously supported this season. That's before our regular <laughs> December disbursements. Now, I don't share that to brag about Prince of Peace. I share that to to highlight that loving all often um, it, it just it begins with getting connected to people and organizations that are making a difference that then expand our hearts and then connect us to other people. And then yeah. we can't help but support them. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking too, we, we were listening to a sermon that uh, Pastor Jay gave out at Abiding Hope and it's a great one for folks to listen to. Check out Abiding Hope's uh, podcast for, for Pastor Jay's sermon from this last week. 
And it was a very challenging sermon. And one of the things he was challenging us to, to think about was the oppression that people face in our country, the, the daily challenges that, that affect people in poverty and kind of why they're, they're living in poverty in the first place. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that takes is a fair amount of research, right, to fully understand yeah. those systems and, and how all of that comes together. But I think it's one of the things that, again, becomes true when we're living in relationship with people, when we see them struggling, when we see whole uh, groups of people struggling to say, you know, yeah. why is that? How, how did that come to be? And what are the, the things that we need to better understand right. to, to be empowered to, to help them better and to, to help empower them to, to change circumstances and to come alongside of them, that accompaniment model that we always try to talk about, that we walk alongside of those that, uh, that are struggling in our world. Now, you know, I was thinking about you with uh, the work that you did for your, your doctoral work mm-hmm. for Haiti. Um, and again, it's because you love the, the people of Haiti and the relationships that you have there that you wanted to dig in more and more and understand those systems that have, have uh, hurt Haiti over centuries. And, uh, you know, that was motivation mm-hmm. because of love um, and care and concern for them there. Yeah, I mean, I think and I think a lot of that began when, you know, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, I um that was the motivation for, for my, my dissertation, um, finishing up the doctoral work, was to really help North Americans primarily, congregations like ours and people that travel to Haiti, to better understand why is Haiti the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. A lot of people know that it is, but we could name uh, scores of cities, neighborhoods, even locally, that we know are impoverished. Mm-hmm. But rarely do we sit down and ask ourselves, why? How did this come to be? But when we understand how and why, all of a sudden our approaches of partnering, our approaches of, of, um, of loving people, they change. And they often change for the better because then we don't perpetuate toxic models of charity or ministry that actually perpetuate old narratives. We're able to truly, as you said, accompany, walk alongside, just as Jesus did, walking alongside people, healing them on the road, listening to their stories. And it becomes not not charity, which is often top down. I have excess, I'm gonna give to you out of pity. It becomes service, Mm -hmm. which my image for that is lifting someone higher than yourself. I always have this image of charity being, you know, you you can imagine the beggar downtown Cincinnati or on the street sitting there in the street with their cardboard sign. Uh, Not that you shouldn't ever give to somebody who's asking of you, but that's the image I have of charity. Here I'm walking, I reach into my pocket and I put money down into their hand. It's sort of this extension downward. Mm -hmm. But the image I have of service is lifting someone higher than yourself, lifting them up. Right. And... um, and I think that's what really produces life for people. Um, and I think that's what that's how Jesus loved all. Right. Um, you know, Jesus often would would walk alongside people, and he would hear their story, and he would he would go and he would want to eat with them in their own house and um, break bread with them and 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 journey with them. And and I think that's what's really transformative. Yeah. I always think back too. I remember when I was taking the group here to the Holy Land, mm-hmm. and and you were hearing about that, and you're like, "Well, be careful!" Like, you know, we we know all of these political narratives that are in our country around so many of these kinds of issues, and 
you know, Israel, Palestine's one of those things. And, and, uh, and I knew though, that once we got there, even though we're going to spend time with Palestinians, people are on our trip, we're going to be challenged in terms of some of the narratives that they had in their mind about, you know, what that all means. They were going to be in relationship with people that, uh, were Palestinian Christians, people that live there in Bethlehem and have to you know, personally make their way with their families back and forth through checkpoints. And it doesn't diminish people's concern for the, the security of Israel, but, but being with those people that in Palestinian territories um, really raised the sense of compassion because they found love for them. They, they recognized that the children at the Lutheran school there uh, just outside of Bethlehem, um, seeing those little kids, you have this compassion, this love that grows in you, and you know that there has to be a better way. You might not even know what that way is, but it begins to build this fire in your belly to say, you know, we need to find a way beyond this. And and that relational part breaks down all those political barriers and all of these narratives that get built up by the media and tell us that it needs to be this way or that way, and this person's our enemy, and this right. person's right, that person's wrong. And I know it's one of the things that we really want to focus on mm-hmm. in this new year is how can we choose love yeah. as a way to produce more peace, uh, to see yeah. that vision of God's kingdom being restored among us grow. Uh, but it has to begin with that relational love. Right. And, and choosing love, I think, is often it often begins with choosing to draw into that closer proximity that you're talking about. You yeah. know, I, I, I think of... Um, you, you know, in, in past, I listened to Pastor Jay's sermon, too, from, from the Abiding Hope Lutheran out in, out in Colorado. And it was a powerful, challenging, great sermon. But one of the things he lifted up is that all throughout Luke's gospel, which we're going to be, you know, fully in this year, coming up in 2022, Luke's gospel, the example of the one who usually gets it right is often the outsider. Right. It's the Samaritan. It's the, it's the Roman. It's, it's, it's not... The priest. It's not the royal official. It's it's not those in power often get it wrong in Luke. Jesus is always showing that it's those that others that the quote unquote uh, in crowd might consider um, those that they would consider outside of the fold are the ones that are often Jesus is highlighting as the ones who are teaching what God's heart is actually all about. And, you know, a great example of that is the, is the uh, story of the Good Samaritan. You know, the priest walks on by, um, doesn't help the person. How do you draw into closer proximity? And how is God calling you to do that, calling us to do that? Right. How, how might Prince of Peace draw even into more closer proximity with those in need, those that are hurting, not just those that are in impoverished or, or lack lack resources, which we're definitely called to, but how can we draw closer to, to people who are hurting emotionally, are hurting um, spiritually, are suffering from loneliness and depression and anxiety and marriage struggles and economic struggles? I mean, all of that, the fullness of human life. Um, I think that's that's what God is calling us into. And so I'm excited for 2022 and yeah, I'm excited for the new year. I'm even excited for your New Year's resolutions that you'll have. Yeah, and I know. I'm, I'll sure have I'm, already, I'm already ruminating yeah, on some of them. But it's going to be it's going to be a good year. It's it is. Be, but before yeah. we get there, we have Christmas Eve, which is this week. Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> so Christmas Eve this week, um, if you're listening here before Christmas and you're in the Cincinnati area, we'd love to invite you. Uh, 
your friends, excuse me, family to join us uh, for worship. Four services, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 11 o'clock p.m. But online, folks can tune in at the 6 o'clock service. And Lauren promises this year he will not caffeinate for the first time in months right before Christmas Eve like he did several years ago. So he was a zombie at 11 o'clock. That's right. I have been off caffeine since June. Um, I have thought about having a... (laughs) You know, a couple shots of espresso. It was, it was a dangerous night. Yeah, a dangerous I felt great night. at 6 and 9, uh-huh. but by 11 o'clock I was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well. well. We hope you, yeah, we hope we see everybody. Uh, we'll have a concert tomorrow night, too. Phil uh, Greg Trio, just wonderful, wonderful jazz music. If you need something to calm you down and fill up your soul right before uh, Christmas, come on out tomorrow night as well for that concert. Yeah, well. If we don't see you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. We'll be back uh, with some more of these pastor chats, I think, in uh, in the new year. Look It'll forward be trademarked to it. by then. It'll be trademarked by then. All right. Be well. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.